Welcome to Video Game Bullshit. I'm Jeffrey Wittenhagen. I run Hagen'sAlley.wordpress.com. I'm also the Subcon 3 on forums like Nintendo Age and Clove. Um, I'm, a, I'm a double award-winning published author um, for Hidden Treasures, the book that's on sale at Lulu.com. It's also on the right side of the page that you're probably listening to the podcast on right now. You can help support us. Instead of like every other podcast where they want you to give money to keep their podcast going, all you got to do is support us by actually buying the gaming book, and a little bit of that money will go toward the podcast. Um, and I've also written towards a few different gaming publications, such as Nintendo Force, Pixel Nation, and Retro Gaming Times Monthly. And we've got Kyle. <laughs> <laughs> hey, hey, I'm big into uh, No Death Runs, High Score Runs, uh, collector of all things vintage and retro, uh, pretty much anything video game related. Also collect figures, vinyl, VHS, tap handles, old beer signs, and old beer steins. And we've got Kevin. Greetings, gamers. Kevin here, a.k.a. KWK. You can see my site on kwkbox.com and also visit my channel, KWK Box, on YouTube at any time for support. We do lots of Let's Plays and have videos of all of us in different forms, so if you want to add a voice to a face, my channel is the place to be. <laughs> oh, <holy> shit. <laughs> oh, this is going to be a fucking glorious, glorious night. <laughs> oh, yeah. If you saw what I put down um, when I publicized our freaking last podcast, I put down, it's episode 11. We're fucking insane. That's what I basically put. It's like the first yes. half is us talking about liquid Kevin pizza. That's great. Oh, God. <laughs> That's right. Forgot about that napalm oh, pizza. Napalm. So, um, yeah, I guess the first little part of business, uh, before we jump into the homework, um, is we have a phone number now for the podcast. I heard some other freaking podcasts doing it, some crazy-ass numbers they were throwing out. Um, I got us a pretty fucking cool one, and you can pretty much memorize it almost immediately. So our number is 262264VGBS. Huh. So 262264VGBS. Fucking awesome. Um, and basically what we're going to use that for is anybody who wants to call, call us in, leave us a voicemail, shoot us a text message, we'll read them and play them on the air. It'll be freaking hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> Some crazy shit, man. The crazier the better. That's what I say, right, Cap? Oh, yeah. <laughs> Bullshit homework for the week. Um, King's Quest Three, nominated by Kevin. I'm going to let Kevin take the lead. Go ahead, man. <laughs> All right, I'm starting us off. Well, just to be clear, I um, did the original DOS version, so everybody had maybe a different version, but that's the one that I did, and it was kind of an kind of an interesting way of an approach because in the past, I've all, I I actually genuinely beat this game in the past, like in the early '90s or late '80s, with the manual is all that I had, and there was no game facts or anything at that time. And I know I was under 10 years old, so it was very interesting to actually pass that game with that skill. Um, when I did complete the game, it, I felt very, 
I don't know, rewarding because you had to figure out so many stuff and go through it. And unfortunately, because we got time constraints here and we have real lives, I I went the game facts route for this. And even though it was still entertaining to do with game facts, it, it there was something definitely missing when I completed the game with a walkthrough on my lap. You know what I mean? Yeah. I tried my Absolutely. best not to depend on it, but in the same token, so that I'd actually complete it again and have it fresh in my memory. I went through the GameFAQs route, and the, the pros and cons of it really was, was one big pro that I found out was how to actually walk up and down the stairs. That is a big deal on the DOS version. <laughs> it's extremely wow. time-consuming, and in the GameFAQ, the printout that I used, I went for the most modern one that they had. I think it was from 2008. I don't remember who wrote it. He actually said... You want to not use the cursor keys. You want to use the numpad because you can do diagonals. So for an example, to go up, you would hit 7 or 9 or the home button, it's called, or page up. And then to go down, you would use 1 or 3. And guess what? When you do that, it just flaw the character flawlessly just walks up the stairs. And it's like, man, I wish I would have known that because you're constantly um, have time constraints in the game and you're in a hurry to not get killed by the wizard because you're doing all this stuff behind his back because you know whenever you're doing things behind people's back you want to do it quickly so yeah by, by the the evil wizard exactly <laughs> but, um, it, in my opinion as much as i love the game it's not my favorite king's quest it's probably my most nostalgic because i beat it as a kid and it had a great effect to it the climax of actually killing the wizard in the game pretty much is the game to me after <laughs> he's dead it's kind of like, it, it just felt like filler, so then there's a little bit more of a game to it. I mean, ideally, I wish the whole game just revolved around killing him, and then easily it just being over. So I don't know, if just because I just find it so fun to kill that guy, <laughs> that I want wow. him to be over after that. But, that. but the after part, it isn't bad, it just was not anywhere as good as the point of that part of the game for me, so... All in all, it's definitely an excellent game. It still has the replay value. Um, probably the two biggest things I got a problem with it, at least for today's standards, is one is that damn eagle feather. <laughs> that, yeah, that I had trouble with that. Puppy. Is a nightmare in that game. Yep. Um, what I'm basically referring to is there's a specific part in the game that an eagle flies by, and you need this feather. It's a crucial part of the game to beat the game. And guess what? Every time that eagle flew by for me, yeah, he didn't drop a feather. So I literally wasted eight in-game minutes. That's what, like 20 minutes real time, because the in-game time is much slower than real time, I believe. And I just kept going back and forth between the screens of where this eagle would show up. And then finally, the damn thing drops a feather. So, I mean, that's just frustrating alone. Think back in the past that you didn't even realize you needed an eagle feather or you had no other clue where to get one. You see an eagle fly by, it never drops it. So you just start searching trees and searching all over this damn game and never finding the feather. I I'm glad I was just luckily found it because uh, from my experience with that game, you're either super lucky that as soon as you enter the outside for the first time, an eagle will come by and drop a feather. That happens usually about 15% of the time. For me, it didn't. He flew right by and didn't drop, and I had to sit there and play the screen swap for about 10 minutes. So that part is kind of broken. The other part that I really couldn't stand about the game was in the original, you got to sit on that pirate ship for like 20 minutes until you can what? do anything. you got to sit in the bottom hole for like 20 game minutes until finally you'll see a dialogue box that says, oh, land ho. And then once the pirates see um, see land, then you got to put them all to sleep. You can't do it beforehand or, like, the ship will 
crash or sink or something because you didn't uh, you didn't get to land yet. You know what I mean? Yeah. That's what's weird because mine didn't take that long to say land ho. Oh, it was nuts on mine. I literally timed That's... it. And actually, uh, everybody will see my frustrations when I get a chance to edit it. I did decide to record it so I can put this game away and put it to rest for my life. Yeah. So I will have a long play posting of it, but I do have to do some editing, and I'd like to add a post-commentary of my frustrations and my good memories of it. So it will be an interesting video when I get done with it. And uh, here's the kicker of the whole video. I would have had a perfect score, but... um. Since I was using Game Facts and I was cruising through, you have you have like the food in the kitchen. I didn't bother picking up the food because my initial goal was to make the cookie in time, which I did for the first time before he got back from his first journey. So then I could instantly kill him without having used. He has like three prepared meals, which basically means if you waste each one of those meals, the next time he comes back, he just kills you. That means you took too long to get him killed. It's like each one's a quarter of a year or something because you're already like 17 and a half or something when you start playing the game and it's 18, he kills everybody. But other than that, um, if you want more detail on what I got to say, I can't really freshly remember now. I'll probably know more on my commentary of the video. So what did you think about it there, uh, Kyle, while we're still freshly doing the DOS look at it? And then Jeff can wrap up with the fun stuff. All right. So going with the feather, um, so it dropped like right away. Um, when I went into that screen with the cliffs. Nice. And what's what's weird is it could drop right away and you don't spend like four hours looking for a feather. That's evil. That's so evil. Demonic bastard. Yeah. <laughs> and then I fell off the cliff because I, I just wasn't... <laughs> I, I didn't realize like... The yeah. And then when I loaded the game, it was like it, he just wouldn't come. You know, so and then uh, like last night I started a whole new game, wow! Because I had a new FAQ, um. But I also found another screen where he drops a feather. It's the the one to the left of where the spider is. Yep, he does drop there too. So you can also go there, but um, he actually dropped it fine the second time that I played, and then I I just saved my fucking game. Yeah, <laughs> I didn't save my game the first time. The other part that I got stuck at, at the very beginning, um, and the the thing with those parser uh, text based games is uh, the part in the chicken coop where it's like you have to go inside and get the chicken yeah. and you gotta get a feather from that. Yeah, you yeah, pick up chicken. <laughs> yeah, get chicken. Yeah, making a damn hat. So I was like, open door, and it just wouldn't open. Because actually, the <laughs> FAQ that I had said open door. And like, what's what's wrong with this? And then I started like walking around the chicken coop looking for a place to get in. And then I'm like, maybe this isn't even a door at all. I mean, it looks like one, but I can't, you know, because the, the graphics are so like um, primitive. Primitive that it's like, man, maybe they're not, you know. And then I was um, looking at another FAQ and it's like open gate. And I'm like, oh. And the funny thing with synonyms is yeah. is a a gate can be referred to as a door, but a door is generally not referred to as a gate. Yeah. yeah so no, that's where it gets like the um problems with those parser text-based games come in, I guess. And the thing is, that's where you type in like every combination that you can, you know. Yep. And um that's kind of what I wanted to bring up and it, this game, from the moment I started playing it, I it like taught me something about nostalgia. 
immediately. And I kind of like, I was like, oh my God, it was like a mind blow. Um, because I was thinking about how you were talking about Kevin when you were playing this and you were probably stuck at the game or whatever. You would, um, talk to your sister about it and you'd call your uncle too. And like, yep. he would tell you hints and stuff. And when I was playing Hugo's House of Horrors when I was a kid, which is another like parser type text-based game, it's Hugo's House of Horrors is actually uses the exact same engine that King's Quest 3 uses, but it's kind of has a theme of Maniac Mansion because it's the crazy house that you have to like mm-hmm. explore and stuff. So um, I, I, when I got stuck, my mom was helping me, my dad was helping me, and that's the thing. Uh, when I looked up the definition of nostalgia, it's happy personal associations. Hmm. That's a key yep. to what nostalgia really is. And that's where I was like, you can't get nostalgia from simply playing this game with a game FAQ guide. No. Like, because you're basically just inputting commands and getting to the next point. Yeah. Instead of like working over like maybe two or three months time. Oh yeah. You know, and the rewards of that are huge. Mm-hmm. And all those. Well, and, and one thing that I mentioned too, is that you also have the experience um, with your parents as well. Yeah. And, like you, you have a, a parental experience that goes along with it. And Kyle and, and Kevin has, you know, the experience of his sister and his yeah. uncle. So it, that just adds to the nostalgia. Yeah, and his his uncle was great because then you say Kevin like you call him, but he just give you hints. Yeah, he wouldn't tell you because he actually <laughs> beat it, and he's like, no, he says just go look at the screen for a while, you know what I mean, and try to figure it out. So he 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 knew though where the key lied. Oh to, yeah, to no, the he, enjoyment of that game, like because if he told you what it was, you it it wouldn't be complete when you exactly. found it. You know, it's kind of like cheating a little bit. Actually, I think the best way to put it, it's like if you watch the movie or you read the book, it's two different experiences. <laughs> yeah. It's like watching a movie just using a game facts, or it's like actually reading and getting yourself immersed with oh. a book if you did it yourself. Because the book's or, always or like, like way, way better in my opinion. Yeah. It's, it's almost even more to an extreme where it's like you either played the game or watched it on YouTube. <laughs> Playing yeah. an adventure game with an FAQ is essentially watching the video. Yep. That's true. Especially Which, a game like that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Now, I did look into the re- the Redux version. Oh, and, yeah, I got a lot on the Redux because I played it all the way through. Yeah, and yep. it's it's a lot different, and it's, it actually changes the game completely. But um, basically, what I wanted to get at with the Redux version versus... The text version is um it's completely different. It it's not even the same game anymore, actually. Yeah, it's like a theme. <laughs> They're keeping yeah, that's it. Because you can click on stuff and it'll eventually you'll click on the right thing. And, and Jeff will go into this in a little bit, but the thing is it reminded me of when Kevin showed me Leisure Suit Larry, um NES Oh, uh, that's right. The homebrew home for it. Yeah. And how if you click, eventually you'll find what the puzzle is. Yeah, but, you muddle through. <laughs> yeah, but the thing is, eventually you'll find it. There's this eventuality to it. Whereas with text-based, if you don't know what to type, it will never proceed. Would you ever find the mistletoe yeah. if you didn't have an FAQ? Yeah, think about that. 
you, you you have to like know to like look at tree and then maybe it'll give you like a little hint on the tree hangs this mistletoe blah 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 and it, it kind of thing like that and that's that's where those kind of games it, it's a completely different experience Definitely. like completely and um the only thing that i thought was kind of maddening with the text-based one was all the spells Oh, that was the worst. That was almost like a copyright. I, I was I was reading about it. It's a way to keep people from copying the game because you have to have the manual because all the spells are in the manual. And I downloaded the the PDF of the manual, and I was looking at it, and I was like, oh, oh, okay, all of the spells are here, and it tells you like what you need. So you that is like the bible for that game. Yep. Like if you don't have that. You're 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 missing you're half the you're missing half the game though. It's like shareware then. Yeah. Yep. Absolutely. And, and that's where the Redux is improved because you don't need the manual. Yeah. Even though there is a manual for it, which I also downloaded, but and the Redux is free already. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um. So it's just, I think the biggest lesson with this game really is what nostalgia really means definitely you know yeah i would say that a text-based adventure or even an adventure game is almost not a good one for a a one to two week homework assignment for sure like (laughs) this this is almost like a side project that you want to do chilling at your own pace take years to do it type thing yeah i would recommend do not use an faq guide not at all at all pdf manual you know (laughs) Um, e- there's there's even the whole thing about when you get stuck. Okay, if I get stuck, I should go to the FAQ. But the, with these games, maybe not, because we like okay. So the, the thing with Kevin's experience when he was a kid, Kevin, you beat that game without yeah. without a game FAQ. Yep, that's awesome. So that tells me right there, like you just kept hammering at it. Yeah, no, you know? I was pretty hell bent, and plus I didn't have a car, so you know. Kids just sit there and play a game until they beat it. And that was another thing I was saying with when you're a kid and when you have like one or two games. Yep, that and SimCity back and forth. That's all I did. Well, you don't have anything else to do, so it's actually nice to have a game that's that in depth. Oh, definitely. Because it's a Get way your money's worth back then. It's a way different situation than having the whole NES collection at your disposal anytime. Ugh. You know, it's way different than that because yeah. it's like hmm. can't even fathom what it's like to have one game anymore. Do you think that the um, developers actually added in all that ambiguity just to quote unquote pad the game? <laughs> you know what I mean to make it a longer game. I think there's a lot of of that. Yeah, oh, I mean yeah, they could have made it easier. They could have, you know what I mean, like made it less less um, ambiguous and and cryptic. But the yeah. whole problem with this whole series is if you started with King's Quest One and you guys never played the series before, and I kind of threw nope. you under the bus by starting with three. But the fan base actually started with one. They kind of already anticipated, like I was going to say earlier, when Kyle's talking about the gate and door, you would have already learned the trials and tribulations with one and two of, oh, man, I got to type door now or I got to type gate. Like you would have been like totally in the zone. And that's why three was still popular, because people were trained if you kept up with that series. It's really hard to just start off with number three, as crazy as it sounds. Even though I started with number three, (laughs) the reason it was easier for me is because I had uh, my uncle and sister who beat one and two. And then I was working on three, and they had helped me with it. So uh, that's why I figured I'd just be the role. I'll give you guys hints if you want it or not. 
<laughs> yeah, that was the thing with like Hugo's House of Horrors, um, which is why I'm glad you picked three because I love that game. Um, I personally love it. I'm not saying it's an A game by any means. Yeah. Um, but I do love it, and I grew up with it. And even Open Gate, I was stuck for like ten minutes. <laughs> there you go. So that is rewarding in itself. <laughs> that like, open the gate. Just that. Awesome. You know, and um, so I, th- I think there's something to be said for um, actual experience versus, mm-hmm. you know, just running through a game. Now, the thing that's different, like Rondo of Blood, you, I, I would beat the levels and then go back, look at the guide and like figure out the secrets. That was kind of like the extra treat for that game. So yeah. it kind of worked differently, yeah. you know, because you but I because you, you play the game at length, like. With um, Chrono Trigger, for example, you know, um, if you get stuck, you can consult the guide. But ultimately, the the key with those games is like fighting the bosses and surviving. Yep. So you're still playing the game more than reading the guide. Whereas a game like this, you're just looking at the guide every two seconds. You know. Yeah, I just I make sure with Chrono that I don't even look at the guide because I actually have the um the physical guide for the PlayStation version, but I'm playing the DS one, but basically I'm playing. And then after I get done for the day, I'll look in the guide, catch up to where I am and make sure I didn't miss like a big item, something really cool. Yeah. And it's, that's it. The, and then, yeah. And I mean, every good RPG is kind of straightforward and linear like that. It, you, you, there's kind of like only one or two options to go at all times anyway. You know, yeah. well, and and like Kevin was saying about King's Quest Three, like with RPGs, we're all trained to talk to the townspeople, yeah, and yeah. that will generally get us out of any trouble. Like, where do we need to go? We talk to the townspeople. It's like, oh, we need to do this. <laughs> You're by yourself in King KQ Three. <laughs> talk to the floor. <laughs> yeah, and, exactly. and I guess, um, yeah, as far as the wizard goes, that's like the biggest douchebag wizard of all time. <laughs> <laughs> something to eat <laughs> yeah and he like kills all his servants when they're the age of 18 did anybody empty the chamber pot because they get they get too smart yeah i emptied the chamber pot nice <laughs> put it out the window yeah. well my thing too with the items like i couldn't even tell what they were a lot of times the redux is beautiful though but as oh. far as dos it was like you, you would you would almost have to be like look and it would have to tell you, like, you know, what it was. This is a bowl or whatever. You know, in the inventory, you can bring up a picture of every item, right? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Once you get it, though. Yeah, once you get it, you're right. <laughs> so yeah, it's, it's, it itself, those, it's like, if hey, you don't know to no. say get bowl, I mean, the thing's like a square. Yeah. Like, clicking on those dots <laughs> to realize that they're freaking wings for a fly. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. It's like, what? what is that, you know? He thought it was a bolt. <laughs> yeah, so, so you almost have to be like, look at floor. Uh-huh. Yep. And that's where it begins. Where yeah, yeah, real catches like look room in every room you go in, and then it'll give you hints when it describes the room. That's cool. And I, I guess that brings the perfect point for for uh, Jeff, as far yeah. as um, how different you know look at room. You don't have to do that with the Redux. Well, he's got to like click an eyeball, I think. So it's similar, but definitely different. So take it away, brother. Oh Jesus! <laughs> so. So uh, the reason why I use the Redux instead of the DOS one is for some reason uh, I can't get the DOS one to do full screen. 
So it's like a tiny box, and it's not even like a a normal size, like CRT size box. It's like a tiny little, smaller than a Nintendo DS screen box. Wow. <laughs> so I couldn't see shit, so I'm like, no. Um, and you mentioned the whole Redux, so I downloaded that before, like when we thought it might be King's Quest 3. I downloaded it. Mm-hmm. Um, so basically, you know, you get full voice. Everything that's text is talked in the game. Yep. That's why it's like, the evil is Mananin. <laughs> 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 that's like how it goes. And he's like, <laughs> he's like, feed me some food. <laughs> he's, so, he's so awesome. Like, he's like, such a dick. Um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, now, to move around in the game, you, on your mouse, you right-click through and you have actions. So you have, like, feet. And when you want to move around, you cl- you have the feet one, and you click where you want to go, and you move there. You don't have to use any arrow keys at all. There's no arrow keys. Um, now, if you want to grab, like, the cat, for example, to get the fur ball, you go. You have to get next to the cat, and then you switch over to the finger or the, the pinchers or whatever, and you grab the cat. That's how you do that. Um, the, the the cool thing that I thought was is, like, stuff like Kyle was mentioning, the, uh, like, doing the spells. Um, in the Redux, once you actually get into the secret chamber, um, after you do the cipher lock and everything to get down to the, the secret chamber, um, you actually can open it and see the actual wizard's book. And it says you need, and it says verbatim what items you need, probably just like the manual does. Yeah. Um, and then right. what you do is like, so once you get done with all those items and you actually click and manipulate all the different ingredients, you just click recite, and he actually says the spell, and then you wave the wizard wand over it, and it makes the spell. It's really interactive. It's pretty cool. Um, now, one thing is, I'm actually the opposite of Kevin with this. I actually hated the wizard portion. <laughs> wizard portion was a fucking pain in my ass, and it's because probably because I'm not comfortable or used to the game, so... Basically, I felt like I was being rushed the entire time during the wizard section. So, because I could see all the spells, I made it my goal to do the cat spell first. Yep. So, you had to, uh, in this game, you can't see, though, the last page. The last page is torn out. You have to actually find that, which is the last page has the cat spell in it. Mm-hmm. So, once you go find it, you put that in there. It tells you how to make the cat spell, kill Mananen. And after he turns into his little cat form, um, you actually then no more time limit. Um, there's some really cool sections. Um, is there, a, there, there is no Medusa section in of the Oz version, right? Yeah, there is. Yeah, there is. Yeah, that's what. Yeah, it's it's just to the left of the screen with yep. the, the first eagle with the feather. Okay, yeah. Yeah. I like how mm-hmm. in the um the Medusa section, there's actually two ways to defeat her, and it affects your point totals. So one way is you can actually just run up to her and give her the mirror, and she looks at it and turns to stone. Mm-hmm. The other option is you actually talk to her, and she quizzes you, and if you get all that right, she turns human, gets, and you ask permission for the item. You can get the item and everything, so that way you can do more finish your spells up. Nice. I, mean, I, I think that's a really cool option to do two different ways. Um, freaking cool. Yeah, um, that is cool. Yeah, I mean, and, and my thing is, though, is that, like, uh, the time limit actually is when Mananin's sleeping or off on a journey or whatever, <laughs> he's, um, yeah. the time is green on the Redux. And then when it gets close to him coming back, it turns yellow. Oh, and, then nice. when, 
and then once it's red, you're being watched again. So if you're out doing mischief, or if you have any items that are highlighted blue, which you're not supposed to have, if you don't put those under your bed, he will kill you. So it's it's pretty intuitive, though. They, they give you a lot to it, but I still didn't like that at all. And it was much more enjoyable to me once once um the wizard was killed. Um, I, I think um the pirate ship part was awesome. <laughs> like it was really cool just to be on the pirate ship, and you knew you were going to Daventry, which is you know the classic you know venue of the series. Yeah, um, yeah, it was fucking cool. I didn't have to wait twenty minutes either. So yeah, <laughs> yeah that's weird. Got, uh... DOS is weird. Like you just never know. Yeah. Just uh, like a I don't know if this was funny yep. to you guys, but I thought it was ironic that all of us, like, as far as I know, didn't want to do chores at the beginning for Mananin, but, like, yep. you had to almost earn the right to do chores on the pirate ship. <laughs> like, <laughs> you had to go onto the island, you know, uh, talk to the ghost to get the treasure and everything. And then you finally get to go do chores and swap the deck and shit. <laughs> Like, like before that, is three in a stronghold. So it's like you had to earn your right to do more chores to get. Yeah, the it doesn't have that all in the DOS version. That's why you probably like the ship on that one better. Yeah, so so there was no uh, island or anything. The, all there is is you get to an island and you dig up treasure. You don't do like I remember. I think on Redux, isn't there puzzles on an island? You do. Yeah, yeah, they yeah, add so puzzles to the game. You just have to know where to dig. Yeah, yeah that's okay. All. So so in um in this one, there's like a bunch of Indiana Jones style puzzles. Yeah, we didn't get that. Well, that's new treats. Oh, it's yep. fucking up. It was, that part was really cool. And that's what I'm saying. Like, there's no time limit. And then I get a bunch of Indiana Jones-style puzzles. You meet, you talk to this freaking ghost pirate wizard and, you know, do all of his stuff, all answer all his questions. And then you get get the cool item, too. Item for later. Yeah, if um, you like that, you'll love King's Quest Six because that's the continuation <laughs> of the three for Alexander. It's number six. Oh, wow, that's cool. It's all puzzles on islands. I didn't know Sweet. that. And no is there time with it either. <laughs> oh yeah, that actually might be a cool one to play. Yeah. I want to add that to our bucket list because that there would. We I, go. I, I wouldn't mind that. Yeah. Yeah, because because my thing is is that I would I I'm docking the game just on the time limit portion and and I didn't even have to deal with the fucking feather. Fucking <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, and for real, man. Um, seriously. Um, yeah, the the clicking, the no text portion. Like, once Kyle said he had to start typing in commands and shit, I'm like, God damn, that's a way different game than what I'm playing, man. Yeah, totally. Like, like, not even the same. Um, Now, they did mitigate, like, the Leisure Suit Larry NES clicking around. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, just because you had to be near things to be able to uh, collect them. So if you just walk into a room, you can't just, like, click everywhere. You have to actually walk to it or be near it. Just like you would have to type, look at ground, you'd have to be near it. That's how they try to emulate that. It's different, mm-hmm. but it does prevent you from just being click click happy. Yeah, so you don't. So I mean, it it did work. Um, but yeah, it was crazy. I, I like the um the three little bears portion too. Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah. Is now, Kevin? Isn't in King's Quest One? There's some kind of reference to another like fairy tale. Oh, thing? King's Quest One is all fairy tales. It's just hilarious how many uh, references they have to it. Like they'll have your typical magical dragon, like Jack and the Beanstalk. They'll have, uh, yeah, you know, the yeah. candy house with the witch inside. And you can eat the house. That's what it was you, you're telling me about. Yeah. Yeah, and then you have to push the witch in the oven if you time it right in that one. It, number one is pretty classic. Hansel and Gretel. There, yeah. Yeah, Hansel and Gretel. It's just all the fairy tale stuff wrapped in one game. It's hilarious. <laughs> Oh, 
there was one spot in Redux. I don't know if it was in yours, but um, I was walking through a screen and it was right past the um the spider's nest. You walk left of that one, um, and if you walk over there, there was like a freaking blue frog sitting against the sitting against the stone. And I guess that was a reference to another King's Quest game. I didn't I didn't play them, so it was yeah. Like, it's- it, that's not in ours either. They did, they added that to the Redux for other King's Quest ones. I can't remember which one exactly that's from, but it's from one of them. But it is a reference, okay? Yeah, because that was that was one reference that I found. And then I was like, there was like a desert portion, and there was like these three or four little things that ran by, and that was supposed to be another one, I guess. Because I was like, what the hell is this? So I wanted to make <laughs> sure I wasn't missing something. <laughs> Yeah, they add that to all those rebuilds because they usually assume the people that are doing the revisions are people that have played the original. So it's uh, it's kind of funny now I think about it. you just freshly did a rebuild of it. So yeah, um, the whole dragon portion at the end was really awesome in the Redux. Yeah, you know, in the storm and electrocuting him and all that shit to save your sister. That was really cool though because I initially died the first time because I got too close and. <laughs> <laughs> That was pretty fucking cool, though. Like, you know, it was it was awesome. But um, the one thing is though that the voice actor that does um, Alexander, yeah. is is uh definitely like it sounds like a '90s Sega CD guy. <laughs> yeah, I yeah totally because I was listening to it. <laughs> All the rest of them are 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 pretty good. It's like that like, deadpan, emotionless delivery. Yeah, because like yeah. the narrator's <laughs> awesome. The Mananin is awesome. <laughs> like, those guys are cool, and those are the main ones. You I know, love the wench. She's hot, man. Yeah, the wench. The wench. And I love how yeah. the pirates finish off the rum in one swig, yes. Yeah, they're like... <laughs> <laughs> it's great. That's fucking cool. Go over Go. to, like, the three little pig... Or, no, the bears. Um, When they kick you out of the house, they sound like country, though. They're like... Get out of here, human! <laughs> like, like That's hillbilly. hilarious. Like, That's hilarious. Like, <laughs> They're hillbilly bears, and yeah. they don't kill you either. I'm they gonna have to play that. Out. I'm yeah. probably gonna have to play that one. That, that one through. They don't lock soon. the door neither. Hillbilly bears. Yeah. <laughs> Hell yeah, the hillbilly bears, man. That's awesome. <laughs> what, what about the thieves? Did you have to? You still had to climb the thieves' uh, tree fort, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. If you um get attacked by the bandits at all. In the entire game, they take all your items. Yep. But as long as you um know how to get, as long as you get up to the bandit's hideout, you can get your items back, which is pretty yeah. cool. Now, what's cool is you you can like look into the fort before you go in, and it says if someone's yes. up or sleeping. Yeah, that's, that's the, the key. That's cool. You just go back a screen and come back on if there's if there's not a um until you actually know if they're sleeping. And that's totally, like, if you were playing it for the first time, you would obviously walk into the place and die or whatever. Or oh, yeah. or not. If, well, every if first sleeping, time that you know? I did it, they were definitely not sleeping. And then the second time I went, they were sleeping. Is it just I, random, Kevin? What's the deal with that? Yeah. It, it's it's typical, like, DOS randomization, like the damn eagle feather. <laughs> you just keep going back and forth screens until it, until it gives you what you need. It's kind of frustrating, but it's yeah. got a stupid charm to it, I guess. I don't know. Yeah, it's whacked. But yeah, yeah, it's gotta love MS DOS. <laughs> yeah, whack. That's <laughs> 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 awesome. Yeah, it's craziness. Fuck yeah. So um, we probably should give this sucker a grade. Oh boy, it's cool. I got a grade. I got a grade too. You got a grade, Kevin? Yeah. 
Yeah. <laughs> you got a great, you I know? got my mixed feelings great. I think I'm all right. Is everybody in? <laughs> Is everybody in? Put it out. Ceremony's everybody. about to begin, Kevin. Wake up. <laughs> <laughs> say with the with the DOS version just because of the I'm grading it as of today, not for from its time. So oh, it's always as, as of today. Yeah, as of today yeah. I would say it's probably a B game at best, just because of those um old things I don't think a lot of people would have the patience for. But that's the DOS version. I think the Redux version is much higher for today's standards if you're into those games, but it's still a solid B just because of the, the charm and the funniness of the story in the game. So I'm giving it a B. What do you guys think? Well, um, I would say the same thing, B. It's just like Hugo's House of Horrors, which is also a, a game that I love. Uh, it's really close to me and fond childhood thing. But, you know, it's not an A game, and uh, King's Quest I don't think is either... Uh, I think not number three. <laughs> King's Quest three. I think it's a little better than Hugo actually because it's there's more work put into it, mm-hmm. and I do like um, just that that type of depth depth. So, oh, yeah. so I would say it's definitely a B game. But if I was a kid, just like with Hugo, I would say um, if that was the only game that I had, I would have a huge amount of nostalgia for it, like. Definitely. Which I do for for Hugo, and that's why it's perfect for me, because I can totally relate to like what when you were a kid, and you had to figure out like what to do. That's crazy. Yeah, and it, that's why you pick this game because there are warm feelings associated with that. Oh yeah, and that again is kind of the core of this episode is nostalgia and like what it really is. Definitely. Because people say, well, you know, if I play this game, I'll get nostalgia for it. Well, really, it's not that simple. Yeah. So, yeah. what do you what do you think, Jeff? Well, I mean, we're gonna do King's Quest Three as a, as a franchise, but um, since I play a different version, but um, honestly, like, if it didn't have that whole time limit portion. And I mean, even the colors might have been mind fucking me for a while because, it's, you know, like I wanted to move quicker than I could. Um, but I, I would say if, if it didn't have that, if it was just the awesome adventure exploring part, I would have given it an A. But I'm, I'm definitely down to a B because of the, the rushed feeling in it. Um, well, even so, you still had those extra meals, though. So that was technically time if you want to give it that. But it still is a time limit, I understand. Exactly. Like, I just. I just didn't like the whole thing where you had to rush around and I couldn't just go around and explore and or manipulate yeah. Manan and get myself more time or something. If there would have been a way to, to fuck with him, yeah. get more time, that would have been awesome. <laughs> but, you know what I mean? Like, if they would yeah. have thrown, 
throwing a, throwing me a bone, but um, if you're saying like six has freaking all exploring, like that one might be right. Well, you love six. There's no time limit, and you it's very open world. It's a whole bunch of islands, and you get a map, and you gotta basically get items from one island to get farther in another, and you gotta keep bouncing between six islands. It's a pretty in depth story too. That's pretty fucking awesome. Man. Yeah, it is. Now the whole time Kyle was talking about like the whole nostalgia of um going through a game blindly like Hugo or for you King's Quest 3. I was completely thinking of my experience with Legend of Zelda. Me too. Yes. Nice. Because I read yes. that game, didn't have a game FAQ, didn't have Nintendo power, didn't have a guide. Mm-hmm. I went through and beat that entire game my own way. Awesome. And I and I was just thinking about that. If anybody hasn't played a Zelda game or you know, without a guide, they they don't know what they're they really don't know what they're missing. Right. They yes, yes, yes. Do it. Yes. And and that's why I think I'm always drawn to some of these like ROM hacks of like Zelda. Because like I get to play Legend of Zelda and there isn't a guide online because somebody just made this game. Good point. And I love that shit. There's like a whole PC um, Zelda creating community. It's like Zelda Classic is what it's called on the PC. Mm-hmm. And basically people make Zelda games. And there's, you know, thousands of <laughs> Zelda games on there. And it incorporates parts of Zelda, Link's Awakening, and Link to the Past all into a um, a Zelda-type formula. It It plays more like the original than the sequels, though. Um, but that's freaking awesome. I think that's why I gravitate towards those type of, you know, remakes and hacks and things like that, because I want to experience that original Legend of Zelda, you know, nostalgia that I have. Mm -hmm. I mean, that, that is my fucking series. I I got tons and tons of Zelda stuff. I have every game box, you know what I mean? I have the tattoo, like, like that, that is my... King's Quest Three for you, or Hugo, or yeah, and Kyle had Zelda too. So, God. yeah, think about like you guys, my Mananan tattoo. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> think about the reasoning behind that Zelda tattoo. If you had followed a guide, would it have gotten that far to a tattoo? I don't. Maybe not. I, I doubt it because so I, that's the thing. Because the thing is, is that the original isn't even my favorite game, but would. Zelda Link to the Past meant as much if I didn't have that experience with the original. And same same with Link to the Past though, like we didn't use a guy. No, definitely not. So it's the same thing. Mm-hmm. Also, yeah, that's true. Link to the Past though is much much more straightforward. It's not as cryptic, no. <laughs> no, much much more. Like you can see the damn heartbeat sitting there looking at you in the face, and you're like, all right, I know I need to get it instead of bombing every single square on the screen to see if there's any kind of bombable wall. <laughs> Good old days, man. Burning <laughs> every bush. Up all the bushes. Pay me money. You <laughs> you burned down my door, you asshole. Hell yeah, I love that one. <laughs> awesome. It's a secret to everybody. That's great. It's like the RPGs that you play when you actually go into a house like you would in a normal RPG and they're like, why are you coming into my house? And they like attack you or charge <laughs> you money. Right? Yeah. Hey, the bears don't care who visit. The bears don't care. Get out of here, human. It's great how the music starts up with the bears. And I was gonna ask that with uh Jeff. How's the music? Is it are there parts where there is music and oh, part where there's not? Everything. It's funny like when you're um because they're like playing the music and then when you start doing like a chore, it's like 
little like elevator like ding 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 like the music that plays when you're like sweeping up it's so hilarious it's like little humble times really that's hilarious <laughs> <laughs> that's fun. great and it plays that same music when you're doing that on the um pirate ship so it goes from like piratey music to ding 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 music we'll definitely have to play that music on the podcast yeah, <laughs> it's yeah. Like, like it's so awesome for it's sure like, that's the thing like there's a lot of and that's why i couldn't go any lower like it's it's a b it might even be a b plus for me but like because there's so many little funny things that happened during that that playthrough and i only yeah. played it it didn't take me two hours though. it took me closer to like four to the redux well but yeah actually, you had to get situated with the game so it, it's understandable yeah that, it took well, that, me more it took me a long time too because i had the first night of like learning it and then the second night of like, okay, now I know how to play this yeah, kind of thing. Well, just because the Eagle Feather took me three. <laughs> Fuck. <laughs> eagle Feather in the ship. That's the, You'll see in the long play. I have the same issue, so I can totally, I'm, I'm like right with you on that. I yeah. can I can sense Kevin doing a 20-minute speed-up part of that video. Yeah. No, did you record um? <laughs> did you record your voice while you were doing that um playthrough, Kevin? Um, unfortunately, I didn't just because I was pausing so much no, because you know I was, I was going back and forth. So no, I, I'm going to do a post commentary over it. <laughs> that's actually for a long play. I think that yeah. actually might be your best bet because then you record all this. You can record like hints and commentary. You can almost yep, put our whole review. Of being, you can almost put our whole review on this podcast over it if you wanted Basically. to. Basically. Yeah, hey, how'd you know I was going to use that? That's <laughs> fine, man. That's fine. It's cool. Um, so that was it for King's Quest Three for the homework. Um, if you were listening last week, you know this week we are finally going to continue on with the legendary Chrono Trigger. <laughs> oh yeah. So yeah, we're gonna finish her up. Um, I think I made a decision that I might, you know, we find on emails throughout the week if. Once you guys kind of get close to me, I'm going to wait till then to start up Chrono. Because I still have to play Oxium Verge. <laughs> nice. So, yeah, that's the big beast of an undertaking. And on top of that, I mentioned to Kyle, um, and are you, Kevin, do you have Xbox Live? Like, gold? Yeah. So I have PlayStation Plus. Okay. I didn't play last month's four free games mm-hmm. and on PlayStation Plus. They have five new games this month, <laughs> and one of them is Guacamelee Super Hyper Championship Turbo Edition. Um, but it's a Mexican wrestler Zelda game. Really, it's Zelda. It's a side-scrolling Zelda out. game, but it's like like tripped out, like you're on you know peyote Mexican wrestler style freaking <laughs> game. <laughs> it's, it's it's been on it's, it's been on like a bucket list. <laughs> it's definitely been on like a, a list for me to want to at least play and it's free so i was like well shit mescaline mescaline in the end you're gonna wait till xbox one has it yeah for sure and and then the other side the other thing that just came out um two days ago or yesterday um jason Voorhees came out on Mortal Kombat. Oh X. yeah, I oh, just yeah. experienced it last night. Oh yeah. Yep. There we go. <laughs> oh, Stick yeah. with slasher mode. It's the only way to go. <laughs> he has three different battle styles. One of his, he has like some weird um 
like the moves you do, he does like um, he gets like boosts, so he can like not be hurt. And then the craziness is though is if you, if Jason gets killed, he comes back to life. So basically, like if you lose the match, depending on how much extra power bar you have, Jason will come back to life with that much power. So pretty cool, just like in the movies, Jason comes back to life. Hmm. Yeah, fucking cool. Another one of his, he actually has a machete. So all your moves are machete based. Um, That's my, my favorite. Yeah. Now my favorite is the one on the right. I don't know what the name of it is, even though his mask is oh, weird. Oh, the mist one? The mist one, because basically, like, you can do some machete moves, you can do some choke moves, and then you do a move and you teleport to the other side, just like Jason does in the woods where he peers out of nowhere. And just like Scorpion it. Like Scorpion. Scorpion. Yep, that's... Yeah, but instead of doing, like, that move, it's like Jason just, like, appears right in front of him. It's awesome. Yeah, because he, like, he's, like, missed. Yeah. Yeah, hell yeah, dude. It's great. I, I thought it was funny, too, is people were complaining that it didn't have the sleeping bag fatality, but the fatality where he grabs him by the leg and flips him around, it's called sleeping bag in the menu. Yeah, I, I did both of them, and uh, they're both pretty brutal. <laughs> Hell yeah. Really I prefer cool. the, what is it, Pleasing Mother one or whatever. Yeah, the first Chopping one, the top one. Yeah. Chopping them in They're like, it's really easy to pull off, though. It's really, like, user-friendly as far as fatalities go. I pretty much get them the first time, you know. Isn't that the irony that it was really easy to pull off the fatalities, and then based on our last conversation where they made the easy fatalities where you pay for them? Yeah. <laughs> Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like they're already, yeah, they're not even that hard. And his his X-ray is awesome. <laughs> yes. Oh, gee. <laughs> yeah, especially with the machete, it's just like brutal. Did you do the um the grab move for him? I think I did. Maybe with the machete guy, I pretty much did the, most with with the machete style. Yeah, because with the machete style, if he grabs him, he actually takes the machete and buries it in their skull. <laughs> it's freaking crazy. It's almost like a fatality for yeah. freaking just throw. Like, freaking Jason's a badass in that game. Um, The only thing is, though, is that he is decently slow. So, like, if, if I was using... When I'm using his, like, machete one, he's almost too slow for me, but add that with the mist teleporting, and it's fucking good to go. Yeah, because that's what I always love about Scorpion, and Right when the guy's gonna punch you, you just go to the other side and you know hit him when he's not looking. It's great. Or you do like my wife does and teleports like twenty times in a row. Do, 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 do. She can do it in rapid fire. Nice, <laughs> freaking crazy. That's the way to do it too. Spam that yeah. shit. <laughs> yeah, and it's freaking awesome. I still think it's great. I just looked down on my notes and it says two six two two six four VGBS. <laughs> Freaking voicemail and text messages. It's awesome. Mm. So, um, I guess we can go over some uh, news. Got a bunch. Yep. All right. Bunch. Launch it. Today, Nintendo announced that they're teaming up with Universal and they're making a Nintendo theme park. What? Really? <laughs> what? I said 10 years ago they should have did that. What? What? <laughs> What? Move over, Disney what? World. Mario's gonna kill the mouse. What? <laughs> what? All day they're gonna be doing it. <laughs> so I'm not sure though. Um, based on all the reports, I don't think anybody really knew the details because I'm not sure if they're making Nintendo Land or yeah. if they're just gonna have a couple Nintendo themed rides at Universal Studios in Orlando, Florida. Better be Nintendo Land. It seemed like the <laughs> right? latter, that they're actually going to be at Universal Studios and just have, like, a Mario ride or something. 
Oh. It'll be okay at that point. Uh, they'll have Nintendo gear there, so that'd be cool. But yeah. that just means that if I ever went out there, I'm not going to Disney. I'm going to Nintendo. Oh, <laughs> yeah. I'm with you. Yeah, mm-hmm. fuck yeah. <laughs> um, YouTube apparently is going to add subscriptions. So you got to subscribe to use YouTube, maybe. Or I, I think it's more on the aspect of if you subscribe to YouTube for a certain amount of money per month, maybe like five bucks, you don't have to watch any ads. Yep, that's correct. Which is ironic because how do YouTubers make their money is by ad clicks. So if they get rid of that through a subscription, they're kind of cutting into the user base, right? Yep. They, the- yeah, they tried to find some balance in there. It's long and drawn out. I tried reading that. I read about that when they started doing that. And I think YouTube's supposedly going to somehow compensate in a way that I'm sure is more beneficial for YouTube than the creators. <laughs> oh, yeah. So that's why I mean, Patreon is almost a must now for creators. Yeah, it's... it's- I mean, it's their website, YouTube's website, but, I mean, it's not going to really affect... And the people that are talking about this on the YouTube community, like the YouTubers, it's not going to affect those the popular ones. Yeah. They're already making their money, and all the YouTube tweaks will benefit them. It'll be yeah. fine. But a guy like you, Kevin, who's trying to oh, upstart yeah. to it, you're fucked, man. Like, well, you're not gonna I never get- did it to make money. <laughs> yeah. But, I mean, you're not going to be able to get your foot in the door if you wanted to now. Like, oh. it's pretty much like they're closing the door on any upstarts pretty much and, yeah pretty much i mean and that's why i kind of like the uh, the podcasting world because like kyle was saying it's like the wild west out here yeah it's, yeah and it's until unsaturated they enough like youtube <laughs> well the one the, the one We're thing not going through youtube the one thing that know. the one thing that we have on our side is it's not visual so there's a whole different element you have to be able to bullshit forever well you have to, that's the thing because you can't fall back on like visuals. Yeah, and there, there's two things that I like about the podcasting, um, in versus YouTube videos and things. Oh, I mean, three things actually. Number one is the editing is so much easier. You don't have to worry about fucking video, like <laughs> the video portion and syncing and all that shit. And but the main things that I like though is that we're not controlled by a company because we don't go through YouTube. We're hosting on my freaking blog through Google Drive for free or through Podomatic yeah. or through and I'm linked into iTunes. That's where the it's, Wild West comes in. Yep. It gets yeah. us more exposure. I'm linked to them. I'm linked to twenty seven other different blog things through the feeds that we use. But it's ECW country out here. Exactly. And and the other thing that I like about it is because it's ECW country, it's not that there hasn't been as many producers of podcasts as there had been YouTube, because there have been but because you have to have what Kyle called the bullshit ability, you have to build a bullshit for a while because it's not visual. There's a lot of people that will sit there, blow their fucking load that they have on one or two podcasts, and they got shit for the rest. And the, and the podcasts die out because they're forcing it. Right. Yeah. There's only so the much info they have. I mean, the perfect example was is when I was talking to the guys from Collector Cast. Great guys. Love them. Like, they're definitely not a rival. They're, you know, friends. Um, but what they said was, it's like, how do you do a, a weekly podcast? We barely can get together once a month and correlate it and all that. And I'm like, dude, we're just, this is easy for us. This is, we would be doing this shit anyways. We'd be talking on the phone. Yep. That's the beautiful part. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. We're not even trying. No, not at all. (laughs) We don't have to freaking write down a whole fucking script to read to them every week. No script here. Yeah, no, this is like 
this is from our love of games. And That's the only thing cool. I write notes about is like when I'm playing a game to bring it back. And I just write down like a couple words. Like I wrote down cool pirate ship. <laughs> that was that was a note you know what i mean you are like, for life yeah like freaking <laughs> awesome but that's what i like about the podcasting community and the podcasting term is pod fade there's so many and i think that's the only thing we're going to struggle with is that some people may not want to commit to our podcast because they're afraid we're going to disappear um i think that how long have we been around now about Maybe we're on like our third month. Possibly. It's around there. Sounds third about right. Yeah. Month, third month. So, okay, so we're on our third month and we already have half as much as like Collector Cast and they've been around three years. Wow. Or um, Retro, I think it's RPG Roundup or something like that. They have about 37 episodes too and they've been around four years. Hmm. And we're at episode, what, uh, 12 today? And, but we have. I think it's 18 episodes up yeah. with the with side quests. Yep. And, you know, those other ones, though, the other podcasts, they do release three-hour-long podcasts. But as we've said, like, most of the time, we want something that's digestible, something that's a little smaller. So we try to keep ours around under two and a half hours, like around hour and a half to two if we can. Yeah. So, I mean, that's the key. So, I mean, I, I think it's pretty funny, but... um. I think once we break through that ceiling we've been around for a while, we're just going to... It's all just going to click, man. It's, it's not even an issue. That's what I'm thinking. <laughs> and even in the worst case scenario, it doesn't well, we're still having fun. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> It'll still be um, saved on our hard drives for reference for later when we were doing that crazy-ass homework. <laughs> yep. <laughs> Hell yeah. Oh, dude, news that we didn't talk about. How did we not talk about this yet? GameStop is buying and selling retro games. Interesting. I didn't know about that. I didn't even hear about that. Yeah, so basically what they're doing is they're doing like a test run in like Texas and one other state. And they're um they're buying retro games. Um and people have been posting on Facebook like their experiences. So they've been, they've they've leaked the price chart, so they're basically doing high end eBay prices. For huh. sure. Um and they're probably giving them peanuts for it. Yeah, nothing. Well, I'll bet. Uh, the The irony was that somebody posted a picture, and I think it was like a, a decently rare Super Nintendo game with a GameStop sticker around the fucking front of the label. Oh, blasphemy! You fuck. I'm talking about like if it was on Chrono Trigger, covering Chrono Trigger. Yeah. Oh. How about that? Fuck. And, and you I know those those type of the stickers that ruin the other sticker, not peel. Yeah, off. you know the GameStop labels are fucking demonic on plastic. Collector yeah. blasphemy, right there. Oh my god! Yeah. And it's not like you don't have a giant cartridge to put the label anywhere. Yeah, exactly. come on, you fucking idiots! Like it's hilarious to me. So I think that thing right there, that's just gonna be hilarious to me because. Number one, at least for me and Kyle, we are completely satisfied with where we are in our collection. So all this is going to do is it's going to take these games and they'll be even more valuable because it's going to ruin a fucking ton of them. <laughs> yeah, I guess you're right. It will destroy a lot of things. Well, you know why they're doing it? Because they don't have a future because DLC is the future. How yeah. else are they going to stay survived? Well, you better go back and start yeah. being like Funko Land and have everything you can sell again because there's going to be nothing to sell. Why would you go to GameStop if you kept with the DLC? They'll end up like Blockbuster and Box Office were. Yeah, I think Netflix, they're... You know what I mean? Yeah, I think their, their boardrooms are starting to squirm a little bit. 
yeah. And the whole the whole crazy part is that I feel bad for is those mom and pops that are making a good living. They're going to take a dent into their market, and they already oh. been doing it for a long time. Yeah, they're definitely going to kill off a lot of smaller businesses. Yep. And uh, one good thing that I've been uh, reading about too is that like any upstart company is pretty much fucked right now because if they want to buy stock to sell, there's no way in hell they're going to be able to buy it at a cheap enough rate to make a profit right now. Prices yeah. are too high. <clears throat> That's one of the things. So like the guys that build a collection back in the day, like we did and you yeah. have enough stock then, then you're good. But like somebody right now trying to get into freaking selling used games is screwed. And then yeah. you add in GameStop putting their freaking money behind it and their yeah. their regional control because they're everywhere. Yeah. They're they're gonna stomp out every single mom and pop place and basically only ones that have a gimmick behind them are gonna survive. Yeah. They have like an arcade in there, something else to make money too, then they'll be fine. Um, or ones that are already established. So if you, if somebody already if one game store has been around 10 years and has a rapport with the community, those aren't going anywhere either. Well, what happened to McVans? That was a good one that was out from our area. They closed the down. Closed I down. I did it. Um, profit loss, I guess. Bad management. Really? Yeah. Oh, yeah, bad management. Because we, we like retro games, but I don't think it's as popular. Or oh, no, it's niche. Yeah, it still it still has a niche on the market as far as like yeah. the mass population. Yeah, you know what I mean. Exactly. I mean it's big, but it's not like that big. No, it's not. And um, one thing that I did see in um in the plus side of GameStop selling this stuff is that there's a lot of people that are commenting. I don't have a retro game store within thirty miles of my house. They sell it at GameStop. I can actually go and buy some retro games now locally. So some people want to go to a store, sift through games, and they haven't been able to. I mean, there's nothing around where I moved out to. There's nothing within 30 miles for retro games. Is there any contingency on this? Like, can I go sell them an Odyssey? I mean, is there certain generations Um, they're going to have limits on? Well, right now, they're only taking from a list, probably. I think it's in the popular systems. Um, they might eventually open it up. I mean, you never know. But I assume that they're going to have a database of what they're allowed to accept. Huh. Interesting. Yeah, yeah most You know, likely. they'll probably be pushing, I mean, uh, pushing those crappy clones in the future that they make for retro games. like Absolutely. Retro duos and all that bullshit that can't emulate to save its life. Dude, it's I could, like, crush out. those in my hands like the kibble. They're, like, <laughs> it's such garbage. Like They, yeah. they are pretty bad. I I only have a Retron 3, and I use it to test games because I don't want to wear out my original equipment. <laughs> I used to have one. It was the biggest piece of shit. I actually wrote the worst review ever on uh, Jeff and Maya's site back oh, in the I, day. I, I still what have model was that one? Yeah. Was it a, was well, it a the three, It was some with 3, was it? It was I mean, the 3 before they added all the controller ports, right? Yeah, it, it had Genesis, the Super Nintendo, and the well, NES. Yeah, I got, the, I got like the best of the crappy one, and it's the Retron 3 with the original ports on it, and I use that yeah. strictly for testing, because I don't want to wear out an original Genesis, which I've noticed those have gone up in price. They have, man. <laughs> Dude, everything. Yeah, everything. Everything's went up it's in blowing price. up like a motherfucker.
Yep. <laughs> Fucking nuts. Ghoul patrols over a hundred dollars. What? Oh my god! I got, I got two. Of, I got two of those. <laughs> you want to know why ghoul patrols over a hundred dollars? Yeah, I'll give you ten bucks for one cow. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Kyle, you, you know, Real you know Because zombies ate my neighbors. Because zombies ate my neighbors. Because I I sold it yesterday. <laughs> <laughs> For a hundred dollars, is is, is zombies at my neighbor's still like thirty thirty five bucks? Yeah, yeah. I, actually, nice. no, it's more. It's more. Is it? Yeah, but it's not much more. Like the Super Nintendo was spiking, and so is Genesis. I noticed it's getting the NES like zombie nations up to like two or three hundred now. It's like sixty four is going up now, and the other ones like like Super Nintendo and Genesis are hitting where Nintendo was starting to spike. Nintendo is like the Common ones have kind of flattened out a little bit. They haven't got went up a ton, but like the, now the semi rares and uncommons have spiked. So it's like I love it because <laughs> n- not only are our games becoming more and more valuable and awesome to talk about, but like me having to pare down my collection has become an awesome thing because now it's going to pay for like a vacation or something. <laughs> <laughs> that's it. Oh, it, it'll definitely pay for a vacation. I mean, the, the instruction manual for for Zombie Nation it said it was trending at like a hundred and five dollars. Yeah, like jeez. You know, I mean, freaking random ass manuals I have sitting around for rare games. It's ridiculous. Yeah. And the thing is, I don't need the money. I just don't have the space. That sucks for me. <laughs> it's like I, I when I move again, I'm not gonna be able to move with all the stuff. So I have to pare down stuff. So. Anything that's not nostalgic for me, nostalgia is the key for this episode. Anything that's yeah. not nostalgic for me, I need to pare down. So, like, if I didn't get it as a gift from, like, Kyle or as a kid or have a nostalgic experience with it when I rented it or something, I'm not going to, you know, hold on to it anymore. Um, the one thing I have decided, though, is, like, the games, like, for example, Kyle gave me a copy of Gun Neck. I am going to find the box for it now. Well, that'll be beautiful. Good luck on it'll, that, man. It'll be beautiful. I don't have it yet, but I mean, the thing is, though, all I got is patience, man. Yeah, and all you got is time. <laughs> all I got is time. Um, <laughs> another thing that's super newsworthy. Yesterday, Joe Granado's game Mystic Searches Uh-oh. for the NES was mm-hmm. on the Goldbergs. Whoa! TV show, which is it like on- one of the number one shows right now, isn't it? Yeah, because the Goldbergs, for those listeners that don't know, and maybe Kyle, um, <laughs> it is about the 80s. It's about a family in the 80s doing stuff in the 80s. So it's like a kid who likes to do movies with a big-ass camcorder, and he's playing with He-Man and G.I. Joe, and they're playing Nintendo, and you know they're going to roller skating rinks, and he has an older brother and an older sister, and you know they do their little shenanigans. Um, in this episode, though, the older brother was playing a Nintendo for two seconds, not even one second. Uh-huh. And it was, and it was like the screenshot from Mystic Searches was on there moving around a little bit. Whoa. Um, that's, that's fucking awesome. That's wild. <laughs> you know, it didn't show Mystic Searches, didn't say anything. It just showed it on the screen for a second. But I'm like, that is freaking awesome. <laughs> yeah. Like how that got in there, you know? Exactly, and Joe is freaking flipping out, and he did start his new Kickstarter. So, um, I don't think he put that stretch goal that we mentioned about adding the Zelda documentary. I don't know. But, um, the one thing was, though, is that he is running into one issue with his new Kickstarter. What's that? So, um, 
with the original, I backed it, right? Um, it yeah. was like $75 tier, comes with a DVD of the documentary, plus a physical copy of the game. Um, yeah. As you know, though, like, physical copy of the game, he's doing, what, the current gen and Nintendo and all that, right? So I assumed I'm going to get, you know, a box Nintendo game and a boxed whatever console game he does. Mm-hmm. Um, now, the irony was is that... <laughs> The new one, it has, oh, do you want a card-only NES? Do you want a CIB NES? Do you want a... <laughs> so I'm looking at it, I'm like, my other one says physical copy. Now, who's to say that that old-tier physical copy now becomes card-only, and I paid double for a card-only? Yeah. You know what I mean? Right. And, who is like, to say? And who's to say he doesn't throw in that adapter that he's having <laughs> you know, made for it as well with that, so I have to buy that as an add-on, too. Mm. And, now, now it might become add-on madness where I'm going to have to pay up the ass to freaking get the version I want. Um, I did message him about that. And, I mean, he's pretty sure it's going to be a CIB, so I'm happy about that. Um, now, whether I have to add on if I want other bells and whistles, that's going to kind of be annoying. And I, as long as I get a CIB NES game out of it, you know, I, I spent seventy five bucks. That's more than you would pay retail for an NES game. Um, yeah. And being that he's making it and all that, I expect a custom CIB new Nintendo game to be a little more expensive. Makes sense. He's not. He's not Konami. He's not Capcom. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) You know what I mean? mean? He's not producing it at such a big amount that he can make a profit. So spending seventy-five bucks, even almost up to like a hundred bucks, that's cool. You know what I mean? If it's a game you really want, I'll pay that for that, especially now. When I'm getting rid of other games, I can afford to, you know, splurge every once in a while on a treat. Um, but the ambiguity on that original Kickstarter is going to get him into hot water. Um, I'm not sure if he's going to listen to this podcast. He probably won't because he's busy, busy bee. Um, but if he does, my recommendation would be to just, you know, number one, spell out the old one, what it means in a backer update. And then, number two, if there are things, allow add-ons on the new Kickstarter. So, say, if I want, if it if it's $75 isn't going to be a CIB, if it's going to be 90 allow me to add 15 bucks instead of having to spend 90 That would make sense. And now that I've already spent 75 bucks, like, 15 bucks is, like, a new paycheck type thing. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. It's not as big of a deal. Um... And the thing is, is that, you know, I'll support the guy, too, because he's fucking cool-ass dude, chilling with us, talking, and, yep. you know what I mean? And I already supported him before he was coming on and talking with us, so, um, I de- he definitely has my support, and I hope he freaking, you know, is successful with his new Kickstarter. Oh, yeah. Hell, yeah. Guy's awesome. Um, but, yeah, man, uh, did you uh, guys, are you guys maybe going to support him with his Kickstarter? Or I know Kyle's kind of on a spending freeze. But what about you, Kevin? Um, I've been on a spending freeze myself because a uh, new baby coming. I have no clue yeah. what the hell the future's got to hold. So I'm just enjoying the games I got. I'm, I, it took me a hard time enough to just spend $15 on the Xbox One Shovel Knight recently. So. That's the only oh, game I allowed myself to buy just because I never got to play it last year. So, well, I, I working on that currently. I will warn you that the kid is going to be very, very expensive because it is another... <laughs> just so you know, I don't know if you realize this, but the kid is another human being. Yeah, <laughs> slowly but surely that's sinking in. <laughs> yeah, like, like it, it. I mean, it's another person, so... 
and this person is solely relying on you. So, I mean, that's basically the that's going to be where a lot of money goes to. I hope this kid likes retro games. <laughs> don't worry, it'll it'll like whatever you um don't want it to like. <laughs> and I I say it because you don't know if it's a boy or girl. Yeah, I don't know. The, I don't yeah, know the, not yeah. yet. Not till June. I'll announce that when I know. <laughs> Basically, my mentality behind that though, I think me and Kyle might have bullshitted about this on one of our drunk casts on the weekend. Uh, oh. <laughs> um, but basically, how I say with my daughter is if she wants to, you know, join me with games, then okay. Um, perfect example, this week, um, Andrea, my wife, was going to the grocery store. So I come downstairs, Linda wanted to play with Amiibos, um, mm-hmm. I fired up Mario Paint. Alright. And we were playing Mario Paint for like an hour and a half. Awesome. The fly she, game? She, she I love that game. He actually got to level four on the fly game. Oh, that's braggable. Freaking insane. Like I used to barely be able to beat number one back in the day. Yep. And, and my mouse my mouse must be great now. <laughs> but um <laughs> but what we were playing was the uh, the piano part and I was basically just playing through the, the music that was already made and London was loving the little dog cat song and um she was mm-hmm. singing Twinkle Twinkle Little Star to it and and then like <laughs> and then we were coloring on it. Um I also, though, got to check out Sound Factory. Um, that's the new uh, found game. It was like a, a prototype game that was found recently and it was dumped to the internet. Cool. And it's really cool because one of the modes, they have like these bugs crawling around the screen, and you basically just draw on the screen, and when they go over the colors, they make music. Huh. Freaking really interesting. And then there was some way I was able to click something and they all like lined up and started doing some crazy shit. Um, and then the other modes, like one of the other modes was all right. But the one that was really addictive is like you have this bug that's on like a pogo stick. And when you move the mouse, it moves the, moves the character. And you have to go on to these little, um, little hexagon style platforms and as you hit it it makes a tone and it goes away after a certain amount of hits and you can see it by how many outlines there are so basically you're like make music while you're moving the character around and it progressively gets faster or slower and the some of the platforms get smaller or bigger and it's really addictive and that game is it's a really cool use of the mouse and it actually gave me an excuse to open up my mario paint box (laughs) so that was fucking cool um Yeah, it was freaking awesome. So oh, that was like right. a little little treat that I was playing, and and basically though, like the the just going back to the kid thing was is that I let London set the terms. I let my daughter set the terms on when she wants to play games. I don't like sit down and you're gonna play Mario for an you're hour. You're gonna banana her or anything? Nah. <laughs> no, <laughs> eat that chicken. That's right. <laughs> I'm hungry. Fix me something to eat, or else you'll pay. I hope you don't have a chamber pot. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's the thing, though. Like, that she like just likes to sit down and play games. Um, after that, we did fire up a um, it was like Mickey and Donald three on the Super Nintendo. It was translated into English, and basically, it's a Capcom side-scrolling platformer. Uh, we played as Donald going to rescue Huey, Dewey, and Louie from the evil King Pete. And, like, as you're going through, they give down, um, the different townspeople in storybook land give Donald power. So he gets, like, a, a big hammer and a night suit and can hammer the enemies. 
Um, or he gets like a big cape, like it looks like a little wizard, and he can like latch onto beanstalks and climb them. And it was really fucking cool. Um, and we got to like level four, I think it was, or five. Wow. Out of out of like six or seven, like we got really far. Um, freaking awesome. And my daughter was calling out all the characters while we were playing because she watches Disney. So, like it was interactive times. And I mean, my thing is though, and I would recommend to you is just. As long as you incorporate your child any which way, shape, or form, it'll be great. Yeah. And the perfect example is is that, like, my wife would say, oh, London cries when I take away her iPad at night, so I just leave it with her. I go up there, and I just say, um, do you want me to read you a story? There you go. And she says yes, and I'm like, well, you have to put the iPad away. She gives it to me and says, <laughs> Okay. Like so, I, then I read a story with her. We we find Lowly every day, and Kyle knows what I'm talking about. Lowly worm. Yeah, Kyle Schilder. Um, it's a Richard for for the listeners. Um, what I'm talking about is there's these books made by Richard Scarry, and they're about Busy Town, and they have Huckle Cat in them. Oh man, that's an awesome game for Sega Genesis. Ever play it? <laughs> it's super old school. Yeah, it was around when we were kids. Richard Scarry's no, Busy Town. I, yep. I've only I've only played it on the Pico, Kevin. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and Pico. it's on the PC, too. Yeah, it made the rounds. I've literally played it on the Pico, actually. I have it on the Pico, because that's my daughter has a Pico hooked up through TV. Right. Um, but, um, but, yeah, every day, though, like, what, back when I was in Indiana, Kyle was over, and he did the whole Where's Lowly with London, like, trying to find a little worm called Lowly Worm, and he's, like, almost hidden on every page. Oh, and like every, Yeah. yeah and, he's, like, the first all, though. Yeah, and ever since that day, my every day my daughter's looking for Lowly. So you can just prove, <laughs> like, even the little things, like, Kyle had an aspect on her entire childhood because she yeah. loves Lowly. Also, like, when Kyle was over, uh, they played Legos. And now oh, yeah. every day we play Legos. <laughs> 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 yeah, we like built the house and everything. Hell yeah, and that house is still semi-built. Not <laughs> <laughs> but but it was like you said it was built for a long time. It didn't get like destroyed. No, it's still not destroyed. I think just like certain aspects got rebuilt because renovations. I've renovations. Moved, I've moved houses. Though. <laughs> it still stayed up. That's crazy. That's what's crazy though, because it it like had a meaning attached to it. Yeah. That's what's cool about it. Nostalgia. Yeah, but but my thing is, is as long as you, like, incorporate, like, my daughter wants me to read to her. She wants to, you know, have that experience. Like, same thing with video games. If she wants to play, she'll sit on my lap and we'll play Chrono Trigger. She's been asking about Chrono Trigger, so. So that's her nostalgia right now is all of this. All of this. It's like your Hugo's house um, of with your parents like she's having Chrono Trigger with her dad right now yeah her happy associations you know mm-hmm. you didn't share killing a wizard with her <laughs> <laughs> she actually was watching a lot of um, the beginning parts with me she was <laughs> laughing her ass off she liked the little bears yeah. um, but the thing is too is that she's three so she would well, watch it wander off and watch it but with Chrono right. Trigger she watches 100% of the time with Mario Paint, she stopped playing with Amiibos with Mario Paint and started painting with me. And yeah. I taught her how to use a mouse, too, which she's never had to use a mouse because she has a touch, touch screen on an iPad. So I taught her how to use a mouse the other day. <laughs> so one day she's, there's going to be a mouse somewhere and, and you know, and she's on the, on the computer and she's going to know how to use it and she's going to blow Andrea's mind. It's going to be great. 
<laughs> What's crazy though is like this was the Mario Paint Kyle that I got from an auction in Argus. Argus. You, you was, remember was, was that the one that I was there? It was like really hot. Me and John were John John like looked at me. He's like, I'm not doing so good, man, because we were we were like sober and sober. (laughs) (laughs) Oh god! And it was like really hot. We were like, Oh my god, are you kidding me? But we actually went for a great beer run. Got some cold ass beers, and that was pretty great. But yeah, yeah, you you fucking waited for that SNES like a pro though, like a Buddhist pro. Yeah, because I ended up winning a box. 64 SNES Super Game Boy and Mario Paint. But tell them about your act of goodwill. You gotta tell them. You gotta tell them. And it was it was like it was like thirty or forty dollars for all of it because like I I was bidding against some like little kids like some little high school kids and they were trying to get money from mom to outbid me like it's... so it's like imagine like Dave Hester versus like a kid getting money from mom because I was I had probably like two hundred bucks waiting. We used to, to be there. Them. That was us one day. Yeah, long, so, so long ago. And so uh, what I did, and it pissed off my wife because she wanted to sell it, is I <laughs> actually um, sold them the Super Nintendo box. Nice. <laughs> yeah, for basically what I paid for all of them, so I got everything else for free. But <laughs> but still, like my wife's like, well, it's worth double that or triple that. And I'm like, yeah, it's fine. The kids wanted to play Super Nintendo. I'm not going to prevent them. Yeah, don't take Super Nintendo away from nobody. Ugly things happen. <laughs> <laughs> the karma police come out in droves. Well, what's, what's crazy, though, Kyle, is that my Mario Paint, like, I think I might have gotten rid of my other Mario Paint, or it's in a box somewhere, but this one, I opened it up, and it's, like, yellow, half-stained fucking mouse pad for the Nintendo mouse pad. Weird. Ooh. Half-stained, like, perfectly in half? No, like, <laughs> it's, like, fire, almost, like on it if i look at it it's like flames i'll have to post a picture of it nice you can have to repaint it though at least so it's still usable i'm good i'm not gonna repaint it then it wouldn't be as as nice i'm not a i'm not custom ass guy here (laughs) (laughs) that's true yeah if i was him hell yeah i'd do that still waiting on my damn mouse (laughs) yeah i'm still waiting on my final fantasy 7 board i'm waiting on that for like a month now wow Nintendo HD, because I want to play that. Actually, that reminded me, that's pretty crazy. Kyle, you said you got Super Nintendo before Nintendo, right? No, um, I was one of the last people to get the NES. Okay. I actually ended up getting the Orange Gun when the oh, laws, when yeah, the laws were... Then. Yeah, some kids were killed because they were pointing guns at police, so they had to change yeah. all the guns to have orange on them somewhere to identify yeah. them as like a toy. So the yep. retarded old codgers didn't shoot them with <laughs> NES zappers. And that's kind of what's happening today. It's like nothing's really changed as far as Ferguson and everything. It's getting it's like the same old deal. But um Sega phasers are pretty lethal looking. It's just people fucking with cops and cops just blow them away like two seconds. Yep. It's basically what's going on. But um yep. what was the question? <laughs> oh well, I was just asking. I <laughs> The Super Nintendo before Nintendo. Oh, yeah. And my dad, like, on some wi- weird whim, it's probably like Stone one day or something, he just picked up <laughs> picked up the SNES, and it was, like, still on that pre- pre-order phase. He said he, like, went went in there, and they gave him a deal, or I don't even know. It was weird. What, you didn't get it for your birthday or something? No, he just brought it home. It was the weirdest <laughs> thing, because he had, he had never done that before. I was always... It was really odd. Child. It was just out of nowhere. Yeah, he, I can see why, Jeff. Yeah, I was always jealous of Kyle because 
<laughs> I would only hear about all that craziness. I didn't hear about any of the extra stories until we, we hung out. So like, yeah. I was always jealous. But then there's also like the next level, the Dobbins and the Pearsons, like the, the crazy kids that had every fucking system. Oh, man. Yeah. But like Kyle, I was always like, man, because like I had to freaking bust bust my ass to get anything, even a rental yep. for the weekend. Yep. And I was like, fuck, Kyle just got Super Nintendo. <laughs> yes. That's, That's the thing, so like. Great. I was a good kid, and since I was an only child, too, yeah. was, they didn't even care. I was like, if I like smoke a dope or whatever, like, just get good grades, no get in trouble. Like, that's exactly. the thing. Like, as, long as, I, as long as I did good and, and you know, went to college and did their little, like, idea of what a child should do. Their plan. They were fine. So then they, and that's kind of, I just use that to my advantage, you know. There you <laughs> go. Yeah. And the thing is, now, um, more than a Super Nintendo. <laughs> the thing is, though, is that your uh, parents' plan worked out. You got a pretty good fucking job. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But I really don't know what my dad was on because no, Kevin. He came home with R Type. He came home with <laughs> F Zero. He came home with Pilot Wings. You like, know what probably happened? It fell off the truck, and he's like, "This will be a great gift for Kyle because there's no way he bought all that shit." <laughs> <laughs> it was almost like he wanted he wanted it himself. That was what my dad usually like. If he was interested in himself, and that's what oh, it was. Did he play it? Yeah, he like we set it up, and he like wanted to know like what it was like, and then he lost interest. And then I, yeah, shit. yeah, like so there was a part of it. I think that was a big part of it. He's like, this is the newest thing. Like, whoa, you know. Yeah, see, that's the thing. Like being older, it's like we see now why certain things like that happened. It wasn't because, oh, Kyle spoiled. It's like, no, Kyle's dad's actually cool and was into video games, yeah. at least at a trending new portion, which is, that's why Kyle was lucky. Yeah, cause <laughs> Not he because used he to, got the shit. Yeah, because he used to play Atari with his friends, like, on the floor in front of the small tube TV. Oh, yes. that's like, And Pong and stuff. They used to do that, so I think there was still that little bit of nostalgia yep. left in him. Exactly. And whereas my parents now, they never played that. <laughs> no. <laughs> Not at all. <laughs> yeah. Fucking awesome, man. <laughs> so, I know, Kyle, you have a couple of those Nintendo uh, trophies, right? Like the classic ones of the day. You have, like, I think Link shooting a bow up at a keys or something. And, like, Mario yeah. kicking a fucking Hammer Brother in the face. Yeah, it was actually um, Rich Dobbin, my childhood friend, used to have those. Dobbin. And um, his ma got rid of a bunch of stuff in like a Boy Scout um, garage sale, <laughs> and all the all the Boy Scouts, which we everyone pretty every boy was pretty much a Boy Scout in our school. It's just how it was. We were just all like in the same clique, and it was it was easy. And we, hey, we're all in Boy Scouts. That's just how it was. So we all had access to that garage sale, and I just picked them up there for like two bucks, maybe not even, maybe a dollar. Because nice. everything was like super cheap. I remember uh, I got some Silverhawks there, um, uh, some Rocklord stuff. That was during the phase about fifth or sixth grade when kids are, uh, we're growing up now, we're too cool for toys. You know, that was mm -hmm. the phase that people were starting to go into and at a slightly different rate, but it was within that year or so, you know. Yeah. Um, and so, then, so that that was how that came to be, yeah. Looking crazy. So, so what I was able to get this last week through trade, um, I actually got three Legend of Zelda trophies. Whoa! And I actually, wow. and they're all boxed. I didn't know there were that many. Wow! Oh, there's there's five. God, oh, fuck yeah! Never, 
That's great that, news. There was one that's the coolest one out of all of them. But um, the ones that I got was I got the um, Akis Descends on Link, which is the one you have. Okay. Um, I also got uh, Gibdo Attacks Link, so I got him versus like a mummy. Ooh, um, that's amazing. But, fuck yeah, it's awesome. Yeah. It actually has sword up. Um, and then the last one, the one that I've wanted forever, is Link fights the head of a Goma, and he's like, there's a drag, you know, the Goma head coming up, and he's like going to stab it. Holy shit. Yeah, that one's my favorite by far. Um, there's another one where he's like getting attacked by like a trap or something. Um, like the little, like oh. the little, little yeah, thanks. yeah, the there's, spiky deal, the spiky. Yeah, deal. there's there's that one, and then there's like one more. There's like there's jeez, that's okay. amazing though. Yeah, and then like I already have three Mario ones that I've had for a while. Yeah, I got some, the one at yeah. Uncle John's with you, um, which was Bowser, Princess Peach. And then I have the one where Mario's kicking the shit out of a fucking camera brother. That's my favorite Mario one. You've always had it, so I always saw it, too, so it's even cooler. And then I got Mario with the star. That's the uh, third one. So, But, like, the Zelda ones, like, in the box, like, I was like, that's fucking cool as shit. I think, like, in trade value, I think I got them for, like, 20 bucks a piece. Ooh, so they're worth, like, <laughs> gobs more than that. And I think that's, like, loose. They're worth more than that. Thank you for listening to VGBS. We appreciate everybody taking the time to get through this whole uh, arduous podcast. We love it. Thank you, thank you, thank you. If you want to correspond with us, you can email us at vgbspodcast at gmail.com. We also have a phone number. It is 262264VGBS. You can leave us a voicemail. Shoot us a text message. Um, whatever you want to do, correspond. Also, comment on us. Shoot us a message on Facebook, Twitter, Google+. Leave a message on one of Kevin's videos on YouTube. We love hearing what people um, think about the podcast. All right. See you later. Woo. Take it easy, guys. Later. Later. <laughs>